0: Sweet Magnolia by Virginia Kroll. Iona and Geneva had gone long before me. I was impatient, waiting my turn. One sweet evening, I blew out the eight candles on my birthday cake, and Mama said, Baby girl, you are bayou bound. Mama still calls me baby girl sometimes, even though my name is really Denise. The bayou is where my grandma lives, a place swamped in mystery to me. Now, I'd get to see it for myself. What's it like in the bayou? I asked, just to give myself a head start. Iona answered in a Halloween voice. You'll be knee-deep in marsh reed with alligators snapping at your ankles and mosquitoes buzzing so loud in your ears, you won't be able to hear the bullfrogs croak. And those giant snapping turtles? Ooh-wee! Stop that talk, Mama scolded as my eyes pleaded. The bayou is full of creatures living in peace together and wonderful treasures to find. Sure is, Geneva agreed. It's also a foot stompin', cricket chirping, music playing, hand clappin', happy place. Yes, said Mama, looking dreamy. Folks there have joie de vivre. I frowned and Geneva explained. That's a Cajun expression for joy of life, and wait till you hear them play the zydeco music. Liveliest music there is, Iona broke in. She started clapping her hands and singing harmony to a tune in her head. I decided to make up my own mind about the bayou. Two days later, Mama put me on the train. Iona says don't forget to bring back a treasure, she reminded me. I'll bring one, I said and kissed her goodbye. I thought about the treasure Iona had brought back from Grandma's a delicate snakeskin that a diamondback watersnake had crawled right out of and left behind. Geneva had brought back a dragonfly with a body like jewels and wings like lace. The train sped along. The grass flowed on and on like a smooth green ocean. Cows and sheep swam before me and disappeared in the rolling waves. Once in a while the whistle blew, and I knew that meant we were stopping in some town. It seemed to me like I was on for a week full of hours before the conductor finally said, This is your stop, miss. My suitcase and I got off and stood waiting. Suddenly Grandma was standing there, smiling at me. My, 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 she exclaimed. Her eyes said even more than her words. We got into her truck. She flicked on the radio. And I heard some lively music. Is that Zydeco Gri Gris by Beausoleil? I asked. Why, Denise, how did you know that? Grandma asked. That's such a big mouthful, coming from such a little mouth. I laughed and started clapping, just like Iona. Buds were exploding into leaves. Flowers decorated the roadsides. Where I live, all the trees and flowers are still sleeping, I told her. Yeah, said Grandma, further south you come. The earlier things wake up. She drove up to her house. Grandma, why is your house up on posts? Well, Grandma laughed, if you'd been here just a few weeks ago, you'd think you were on an island, the way the water rises this time of year. One step out my door and you'd be afloat. I pictured myself and Grandma lying on our backs and paddling with our hands through the water, easy as you please. Where's the bayou? I asked. I couldn't wait to see it. Grandma pointed, down beyond. We'll go tomorrow. You don't want to go out into the bayou at night. The mosquitoes are out. I know, I said. They buzz so loud you can't even hear the bullfrogs croak. Grandma threw back her head with a hearty ha. Sounds just like Iona. I thought she stayed at home this time, she chuckled. The way it got dark was as if a big black curtain were being drawn all of a sudden. The air grew cold and snaked in where it could. Grandma and I ate a soup called gumbo. Yum! What's in this, Grandma? I asked between slurps. Okra for one thing, some crawfish, some rice, onions, and my special spices, she said. I was asleep before Grandma finished reading me a story. In the morning, I thought I was still dreaming because the first thing I saw was a deer peeking in the window. Grandma laughed at my wide-eyed look. Looks like he wants to come in, I said. He does, she answered, pouring cereal for us. Then why don't you let him? Uh "'Uh-uh,' Grandma said. "'Wouldn't be fair. "'Wild critters need to find their own food. "'Oh, I fed him when he was hurt, but now he's on his own. "'He just has to get used to being a deer. "'We ate our cereal, and I asked Grandma, "'How long have you been a wildlife rehabilitator?' "'My, my, you sure do have a way with big, important words,' she said. "'I felt proud that I had remembered the name of her job. "'I got my license about ten years ago.' but I've been helping critters long as I can recall. Can I see your other critters, Grandma? We went outside. A screech owl blinked at us from one cage. In another, a bobcat with a bandaged foot was eating, and a fox with a stitched-up side was watching us. Grandma introduced me. Winkin' Owl, Hunter Bobcat, and Tippy Fox. This is my granddaughter, Denise. She filled a bottle and handed it to me. Tippy began to yelp. Wow, you mean I get to feed him? That's right, Grandma said. Tippy closed his hungry mouth around the nipple and drank it dry in two minutes flat. Right near the animals, there was the most beautiful tree I had ever seen. It had pinkish-white flowers as wide as my open hand, and it smelled as nice as Geneva when she goes out on a date. Grandma, what is it? I asked. That's the sweet magnolia, she told me. "'In some places, those blossoms can't even wait for the new leaves to come on. "'They just burst right out beforehand. "'They can't wait to get on with the springtime. "'Don't last long at all, but they sure do leave an impression while they're here.' "'I took another whiff. "'Sure do,' I agreed. "'Let's go see the bayou,' said Grandma. "'We got into Grandma's boat. "'Soon we came to a different-sounding place. "'We got out of the boat, and I hushed so I could hear it all. Tiny tickings, gentle jigglings, ripplings, and rustlings. Little life sounds all around. Talk about trees, I gasped, looking up. They were hunched over like bent giants. Moss was hanging in shaggy clumps from their branches like ragged curtains. The bayou, I whispered. Suddenly I heard a tiny cheeping. There was some pain and fear in it. Over there, said Grandma, pointing. I ran, then stopped short, pitching backwards like a cartoon character so I wouldn't step on the struggling bird. Grandma carefully scooped it up. She shook her head. Can you fix it, Grandma? Grandma warned me. Sometimes nature doesn't see things our way. But she looked in my eyes, and we took the bird on home. What happened to it, Grandma? I asked. Grandma examined the panting bird. Hmm, broken leg. I reckon she was too impatient, Denise. Burst right out of her nest ahead of schedule. Couldn't wait to get on with the springtime. She's just too full of joie de vivre, I said. Indeed, Grandma said. She shook her head and smiled, and I knew I had surprised her with my big words again. She fed the bird with a tiny tube, then set the broken leg and taped it. I studied the soft feathers and fluffy markings. What kind is she? I asked. A painted bunting, Grandma said. Grandma kept up the feedings day and night. I helped. The painted bunting grew bigger and more colorful and got its flight feathers. Pretty soon she was pecking seeds right out of my hand. Don't feed her from your hand all the time, Grandma said, or she won't learn how to find seeds and insects on her own. The day Grandma unwrapped the bunting's leg, she asked, You going to give this one a name? She's yours. You found her, after all. My heart skipped like a stone across a stream. Mine? Did Grandma mean it? Wait till Iona and Geneva saw the treasure I was bringing home. I looked at my bird. I thought about how she tried to fly too soon, and how Grandma said she was impatient, just like the sweet magnolia flowers. Sweet magnolia, I said. That's her name. My, my, Grandma sighed. You sure do have a way with words. I felt proud just like before. One morning after breakfast, Grandma said, "'This is the big day. Come on.' I followed, wondering what was so special. She went to Sweet Magnolia's cage and opened the door. Then she stopped. "'You ought to do it, Denise. You found her, after all.' "'Do what, Grandma?' I asked. "'Set her flying to the winds,' she answered. I tried staring some sense into Grandma. She nodded toward the cage. "'You mean let her go?' I squeaked. Of course, Grandma began. But Grandma, she's mine, I shouted. You even said so. She's the treasure I'm taking home. Grandma half smiled, half frowned. I'm sorry, Denise. Maybe I didn't explain it right and you misunderstood. She's yours to help, yours to heal, yours to set free. I put my hands on my hips and stamped my foot. No. You love her, don't you, Grandma said. I thought for a moment. I gulped. I blinked hard. I opened the cage and slowly put my hand in. Sweet Magnolia jumped onto my finger. She clung to me with her little claws, as if she didn't want to let me go either. We boated to the bayou and walked to the tree where we had first found her. She flapped her wings once, but stayed perched on my hand. We stood listening to the little life sounds. Sweet Magnolia tipped her head as if she heard something. Then she flapped her wings and flew to a branch just an arm's length away. She looked at me and didn't move. See, Grandma, she wants to stay. Grandma cupped a hand over my shoulder. A second passed. Sweet Magnolia said, Chee-up, and took off over the trees where I couldn't see her. We'd better wait just in case she comes back, I said. Grandma cooperated for a long time. Then we started back to her house. Don't feel bad, Denise. We'll find you another lanyap. What's a lanyap, I asked. It's Cajun for a special bonus. Something like a gift you get for just being you. After lunch, Grandma told me to take a rest. We are going to a fey dodo tonight. What's a fey dodo, I asked. A party, child, she said. "'with singing and dancing and lots of jambalaya. "'Yum,' I said, remembering Grandma's spicy shrimp stew. "'Will they play Zydeco, Grandma?' "'Yes, indeed.' "'And Grandma was right. It was great. "'There were lots of people enjoying each other's music and each other's food. "'After a long time, they put me to bed along with all the other kids.' "'How do you feel now?' Grandma asked, as she tucked me in. "'I thought for a couple of seconds. "'Full of joie de vivre,' I said and the joy of life was still inside me when she took me back to her house the next morning. During the next few days, I saw a purple gallinule family looking like chickens hopping over lily pads. I saw fireflies as big as nickels and a water rat with a tail as long as my arm. The day before my visit was over, Grandma and I spotted a huge old alligator looking like a stiff fallen log sunning its bumpy body. At dusk, we got out of the bayou before the mosquitoes started humming, and we listened to the bullfrogs croaking from the comfort of Grandma's house. On my last day, I said goodbye to Grandma's creatures. Winken will be leaving next, she said. I walked over to the smallest cage, the one where we had kept my painted bunting. I sighed a lonely sigh. Then I saw something. I reached in and took it and held it against my cheek. I showed it to Grandma, and told her it was my lanyap. Grandma put me in my suitcase into her truck. I traveled back on the train. It seemed like days till the conductor said it was my stop. Mama squeezed me tight and called me baby girl, as always. Iona and Geneva were happy to see me, too. Right away, they asked, What'd you bring back? Come on, let's see. A lanyap, I answered. They looked at me as if I were crazy. I smiled. A sweet magnolia feather tell you about it later. First, I needed to take my treasure out to look at it alone and put it in a safe forever place.